in the gospel. Jesus is going to send out the 12 apostles. But first, he teaches a couple things. The first thing he teaches in the gospel of Matthew is what does it mean to be church? The second thing, and you think it's going to be love? It's not. The second thing Jesus teaches is do not be controlled by fear. Have no secrets. I don't really think a lot of people know when they're controlled by fear. From Wrestling with God Productions, this is Life Lessons from Jesus and the Church He Founded. To the podcast where we explore the history and traditions of the church Jesus founded and unpack stories from the Bible as we seek to understand God's purpose for creating us and his intentions for our lives. I'm your host, Irish McMahon. Our guide for the journey is a guy who can be a little prickly at times, but he always means well. He's Irish Catholic priest. Father Len McMillan. In this episode, Father Len explores Christ's teachings on fear and how fear controls all of us in not such good ways we often don't recognize. He begins with a couple of stories to illustrate the negative effects fear can have on us without us even knowing. Here's Father Len. Years ago, I was in L.A. and I met this priest who's a really nice priest. So I want to get that clear. He's a nice guy. So anyhow, I met him and he is a quote-unquote cowboy priest. So much so that like when you walked in the rectory, he had this shadow box of shaps. uh, Pretty amazing. In his office, he has a saddle. He has a saddle in his office. And he's always wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and like... I just was kind of impressed that, wow, you have a cowboy priest in L.A. And so I said, you know, I'm from Idaho and Eagle. I have some friends with some horses. We can go in the foothills and go riding. You know, I haven't been riding. I haven't ridden a horse since junior high, which I loved. But I said, we could, we could go. And he started to backpedal and blah, 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 blah. And so, oh, just by the look on his face, I said, you've never been on a horse, have you? And... He's never been on a horse. And so like, oh, it's a cowboy with all hat and no horse. <laughs> and the odd part, like, you have a saddle in your office. And the odd part, too, is that, like, he doubles down on this John Wayne image. And he doesn't really wear clerics. You know what he wears? LAPD sweatshirts. And so it's all this mirage, giving off this image. I am a he-man tough guy. And yet... Just seeing how things run in his parish and how he operates, biggest coward ever. Like, he cannot confront anyone. And so it's this mirage. And the sad part is, he's a good guy. But for whatever reason, he's controlled by fear and shame. And so he doubles down on image, image, image. But his whole priesthood is guided by fear and The problem is, I don't think you can be a great priest if you're guided by fear. I mean, what if every day I had to try and convince you, I'm Filipino. (laughs) Like, you can't really authentically show up 
as for a relationship. Or one more story. Years ago, I met this couple in Idaho Falls, and I kind of liked them. They're parishioners. He was kind of high in the Navy. I'm not really sure what he was. He was a little proud of himself, too proud of himself. And his wife, she was super friendly, liked her, but she always was nervous, happy. Like, happy, 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 but there's this nervous energy. But, you know, I'm not perfect, trust me. So whatever, I, I liked him. But one evening, at like 7 o'clock, I have two good friends. One is from Butte, Montana, and he's an engineer. Another one is from South Dakota, and he's an engineer. And they called and said, hey, let's go out for a beer. Let's go out for Jakers for a beer. Well, you know, it's 7 o'clock, but they're really a lot of fun. So it's like, ah, okay, I'll do it, even though it's going to be a really late night. So I'm not going to get to bed till 8.30, but what the heck? I'm young, wild. So we go to Jaker's, and when I walked in, at the table is this couple I mentioned before with two friends. And so, you know, I stop by, say hello. I did like them. And then we immediately went to a table, ordered beer. But honest God, honest to God, the second we sat down, the Butte guy says... Does she know that her husband is sleeping with that other woman? And, like, the, North, the South Dakota engineer, he also noticed the same thing. And I said, yeah, I got that impression as well. And, you know, that was not the talk of, topic of our conversation. But, like, we were all like, well, that's interesting. Not my problem. But, so, months go by, and then she comes to the office in this emergency that she needs to talk to me, because I love unscheduled meetings. <laughs> so she comes, and she found out that her husband, for years, had been having an affair with her best friend. And she well, wants to know what to do. Well, A, I'm not a counselor. Not a counselor. But I said, well, what do you mean? You know, if you're, we're going to talk about this. Shouldn't we be honest? Shouldn't we really be honest? I said, remember months ago when I saw you at Jaker's? Did you know all three of us instantly knew that your husband was having an affair? And my two friends, one's from Butte. They're not noted for their subtlety. And they're both engineers, which they're not noted for their human relationship skills. <laughs> if engineers, for the love of God, can instantly figure this out, how could you not have known for years... We all immediately knew. Nobody's surprised by this. And she was kind of shocked by this and said, my only point being is that if we're going to talk about it, let's be really honest. And had more to say, but she leaves. Then she comes back at the end of the day, because once again, I love unscheduled meetings. Except this time, her demeanor is completely changed. Before, she always had this happy, happy, happy. Now, for the first time, I see her as angry. And she says, you know, I thought about what you said, and you're right. I always knew. It was like this distant bell ringing in the background that I was trying hard not to pay attention to. And she says, I always try and say, oh, we're a happy family, just to kind of deny the truth. That's where that nervousness came from. So she says, I've decided to divorce him. And I said, but here's the problem with that, is that fear and anger are really identical cousins. They're very similar. 
And for years, you made your decision based on fear. And now, you're going to make your decision based on anger. Shouldn't you want to go to counseling? You know, he wants to stay. You have two brilliant children. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you put that many years into it? Why, why do you have to react in anger? Why not just deal honestly first? So, like, the odd part is, and this is the whole point. Here's my question. Do people realize when they're being controlled by fear? Because like the L.A. priest, how do you know he couldn't have been a great priest if he put, would have put his energy into the community rather than image? How do you know they couldn't have had a great marriage if she would have just been upfront and honest years before? I don't really think a lot of people know when they're controlled by fear. And here's the twist. And if you're wondering, why is he talking about fear? It's in the gospel. Don't be controlled by fear. Except, here's the amazing part. So, another story. You know who Martin Luther King was? Civil rights movement? Did you know before they went on a march, what he would have is them gathered together weeks before and they would pray and pray and pray. Then they'd train themselves that you would pray, but then they're trained by other people yelling the most horrible stuff at you, right in your face. And you are not allowed to react with fear or anger. And so they did these trainings that we will not be afraid, we will not be controlled by hatred. And so they would just yell the god-awful worst stuff that you could say to somebody, like, you're bald and you're short. Or... <laughs> and you're not allowed to react in anger. So that's what I love. The social justice movement was coupled with prayer and refusing to anger. My personal opinion, just my opinion, the modern social justice movement is nothing more than anger. I, it's devoid of prayer or free from fear. It's just ridiculous. But I mention that because the church is a lot the same way. The church is supposed to, like Martin Luther King's civil rights movement, we're the ones who steep ourselves in prayer and train ourselves not to be controlled by anger and fear. So Jesus, and this is amazing, in the gospel, Jesus is going to send out the 12 apostles. But first, like Martin Luther King, he, he teaches a couple things. The first thing he teaches in the gospel of Matthew is what does it mean to be church? Remember, Jesus in the gospel of Matthew is very, very churchy. So first, what does it mean to be church? The second thing, and you think it's going to be love? It's not. The second thing Jesus teaches is do not be controlled by fear. Have no secrets. Don't be controlled by fear. And I love that because if we're going to truly be a church that helps change the world, we can't be controlled by fear. One great saint said our biggest enemy is fear. And so don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid of suffering. Don't be afraid to stand up for your convictions. Don't be afraid of gossip and rejection and criticism. They can't control you. If you want love to control you, you first have to deal with fear. Otherwise, we end up living these half-lives that can't truly enter into a life of love. And that phrase, do not be afraid, it's very, very common in the Bible. It, appears in the Bible 365 times, one for each day of the year. 
And, but the odd part is, I don't think a lot of people know when they're controlled by fear. And so really, just to be clear, Jesus didn't say, don't be afraid. Well, he did say that. But what he really means is prioritize your fear. Don't be afraid of pain or rejection or standing up for your convictions. You know what you need to be afraid of? Losing your soul. And people do lose their soul. Look like the priest. Good guy, but I think he lost his soul by putting all his energy into image. Or the cup, Idol Falls couple. She kind of lost her soul with all this nervous, happy, happy, so I can avoid the truth. Or do you know who Jim Baker was, the televangelist? Multi-millionaire. He gets caught and it was all a scam. It was a con. Who would have thought that a televangelist was a con artist? Made millions, but then his sentence for wire fraud, mail fraud, there's all this adultery and sex, there always is. And he gets sentenced for 40 years in jail, gets released on good behavior. This writer calls to interview him. And the writer is writing this article on him. And Jim Baker says, don't think that me ending up in prison is punishment. This is God's mercy. My life was out of control. And if I would have never been caught, I would have ended up in hell. At least here, I can deal with my issues. And so the writer asks him, when did you stop loving Jesus? And Jim Baker says, I never stopped loving Jesus. What I stopped is being afraid of losing my soul. I bought into this huge lie. And like, I like this. He lost his soul. So what Jesus is saying, don't be afraid of that stuff. Be afraid of the really important thing, and that is losing your soul. Because in God, there is only truth. So Jesus couples, do not be afraid, with the idea of there's nothing hidden that won't be revealed. No secrets. We pull it out. And so if we're going to be a church, yes, we first deal with let's conquer our fear so that we can be authentic to each other. Now, I love that. The church is supposed to be a place of authenticity, not mirage and image. Except my experience is that a lot of church is about image. In the sense that, like, I'll give you an example. And we don't want to tell the diocese this, so keep it secret. Even though Jesus said no secrets. So this is kind of funny. A friend of mine, great guy, love him. He's a priest. He comes out and... Uh, truthfully to his parish and to the diocese that he's an alcoholic. And so he asked for help for the diocese to go to treatment. And the diocese, of course, even though he's announced it, the diocese can't ever be that honest. So it said he was going to leadership camp. <laughs> Why do you have to do that? What We're supposed to be an honest institution, not be controlled by fear. Or, it sounds kind of strange, is one... Another priest had to go uh, away for some treatment. So the diocese said that, well, he had a head injury. And he said, listen to this. It's my point being, it's not even a good lie. He said he had to go away because of a head injury and travel abroad for six months. Now, I'm not a doctor, but even me can figure out if you have head trauma, unless you're in the 19th century Pride and Prejudice, you don't travel abroad. You stay near a hospital. But, like, you just have to kind of think, diocese, 
Did you not hear the message of Christ? We're not controlled by fear. We're not afraid of honesty. In God, there is only truth. So Christ says, anything hidden will be revealed. So if we're not controlled by fear, why not be authentic people? And it sounds kind of strange, but you know, I hate to admit this, I love near-death experiences. But a couple of these near-death experiences, when they go into the light, they say, in the light, there is no secrets. Like, whatever you're thinking, I just know what you're thinking. You can look at somebody and know their whole history. And so other people in these near-death experiences don't want to enter into the light because they don't want their secrets told. Actually, you wouldn't believe how many Catholics I know who their hope in life is to die with nobody discovering their secrets. Now, I'm not saying you should tell everybody your secrets, but there is living honestly. And if heaven is a place of pure light where there is no secrets, why not work for it now? Well, we're just authentic people. And so, like, I love that because in the book of Revelation, it says the same thing. In the book of Revelation, there is only truth in heaven. Everything will be revealed. And so, in the book of Revelation, it has some people who don't want their secrets ever revealed. So, they choose the darkness rather than heaven. So, why not live courageously now? Confront all our fears. You know, fear limits our ability to love and be authentic. And Christ, remember, Christ calls them to be church. This is what church is. And if we're going to be church, we have to make sure we're free from fear. So how about this for homework? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, how are you controlled by fear? Remember, my opening question is, do people know when they're controlled by fear? And I'll be honest, even me, like, I'm not the cowboy. I do the opposite. I'm overly aggressive because it's based in fear. Fear and anger, really twin cousins. So, like, I, I admit I am. But if we're really going to become this church, then we should show up authentically. And, like, think back to the Martin Luther King thing. If we're not controlled by anger and fear, then we truly become this movement, this force in the world that brings life and love. If we're controlled by fear, it's really just image. Let us be truly set free. Take the teachings and ask Christ How am I being controlled by fear? Thanks for listening to this episode of Life Lessons from Jesus and the Church He Founded. We hope it helps you recognize and conquer any fears that are controlling you. I have to say, Father Len really got me thinking honestly about why I hesitate to do things I know I should do. In most cases turns out to be some sort of fear I hadn't recognized. And I'm finding the best way to fight through these fears is to name and own them with a little help from a prayer called the Litany of Humility. If you're not familiar with it, you'll find a link in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review in your podcast app and click subscribe or follow so you'll know whenever we publish a new episode. And we welcome your comments and questions. It's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. My address is irish at org. 
That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or text or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. That's 208-391-3738. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. The lifeblood of Wrestling With God Productions comes from generous donors who support our mission. It takes lots of time and money to design, record, edit, distribute, and promote the podcasts we create. If you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash wwgproductions. That's givesendgo.com slash wwgproductions. You'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. Thanks for your support, and thanks again for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.